May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. Then Jesus told the disciples that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by worldly authorities, be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this plainly and openly. No confusing parable or request for secrecy. Just plain, stark, direct truth. Rejection, suffering, death, and rising again. That is his reality. That is his reality, and he wants his disciples, his friends, to understand. No sooner are the words out of his mouth, Mark tells us, than Peter began to rebuke him. Say it isn't so. That cannot be true. You cannot be killed. You cannot die. I've seen with my own eyes the people you've healed. The great miracle you did, feeding thousands of people with two loaves of bread and five fish. I saw how you calmed a great storm. And I, me, Peter, I was the one who said, you are the Messiah. The one we've been waiting for. The one sent by God. I need you here. I need you to be all powerful. Jesus, we need you to save us in the ways we want to be saved. To keep those miracles coming. Persecution, suffering, death. Say it isn't so. That sounds too much like a human life. Those are our human fears, our human reality. That cannot be the case for you, Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, for whom this broken world has been longing and waiting. That dissonance that Peter experiences is right there for all of us. If Jesus can heal Peter's mother-in-law, why not those we love? If he can cleanse the leper and restore him to community, what about us, who sometimes feel unclean and isolated? If he can make the paralytic walk, why are so many crippled by fear and dementia and addiction? If he can control the wind, surely he could calm all these storms of violence and division and war and poverty. If he can feed 5,000 people with a few fish and a little bit of bread, why do so many people in our world go to bed hungry? If he can keep Jairus' daughter from dying, why not our children, our friends, our loved ones? Of course, we, like Peter, we want the miracles, the miraculous healing, because life is good. We like being alive. 
But it's important to remember that even the people who were healed by Jesus, the truth about that is their healing in this world was only temporary. Jairus' daughter, Peter's mother-in-law, the man with leprosy, the man with the withered hand, all of them, each and each one of us, who may have experienced a medical cure or even a miraculous healing, no matter how miraculous the healing, it's temporary. Each of those people in the Bible stories, they died, and we will too. For we are human creatures, and part of that human reality is that we will die. Now, we cannot bear to hold this in the front of our minds every single day, but we know in our hearts that it's true. Much of our lives is spent denying it, trying to escape it, and fearing it. And trust me, I'm right there every day. We do have moments when we can face it. As we were marked with ashes just a few days ago on our foreheads, we all heard the words, remember that you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. In this story today from Mark's Gospel, we see the great mystery, I think, of Jesus being fully divine and fully human. Because he is divine, he knows what's going to happen. He knows that he's facing great suffering, that he will be betrayed and abandoned by his friends, and that he will die on the cross. And because he's also fully human, perhaps he has his own moment of temptation. Get behind me, Satan, is not directed at Peter the person, but at Peter's plea of say it isn't so. I think we can consider that in that moment, Jesus shows us his humanity, possibly his own fear of suffering and death. He may have been tempted to walk a different way. He says, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. One reading of that is that he's rebuking the disciples. But I think he's making an observation about himself. Human and divine. He's the one person in the history of the entire world who knows both of those realities. So Jesus understands what it means to be fully human. And he knows that these human things are very real. Fear, grief, anxiety, disease, addiction, loneliness, betrayal. Jesus knows that this life, this earthly life, is full of pain, and he knows that pain is only mitigated by love. He loves his friends, his disciples, even as he knows that they will abandon him in their human fear, in their brokenness. He loves us and gives himself over to the pain and suffering and death that is the human reality 
so that in his death, death for all of us and for our loved ones is forever transformed into love and new life. His cross, his cross, is a cross of life, a cross of hope, even when we can only see it very far off on the horizon. In this season of Lent, what we're doing, if we're paying attention, is we are walking with Jesus toward Jerusalem, where that cross is. And as we do that, we are aware of the loss and the grief in our world and in our own lives. The reality of our human fragility and mortality is relentlessly on display in the news, in the tragic and violent ways we seem to tolerate as a society. And it's also on display in the deaths and the illnesses and the diagnoses we struggle with in our own lives. In times like these, the Christian message of hope in the resurrection, which is the foundation of our faith, is a light on the horizon. But it might be a distant light for some of us. Even in today's reading, did anyone else hear this? What Jesus said was, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the religious authorities, and be killed. And, after three days, rise again. After three days, rise again. Peter didn't hear that part. We often cannot hear that part. We may not be ready to hear that resurrection news. And we also know that even if we can hear the words, Three days can actually be a really long time. Three days is a lifetime when waiting for biopsy results. Three days feels like forever sitting watch in the ICU, praying for a loved one to regain consciousness. Three days is a very long time to sit shiva for someone who has died. So while we may know this good news of the resurrection up here in our head, a lot of time we're not there yet. When we are grieving or afraid or disillusioned, the Easter cross may be somewhere on the edge of our vision over here. Or maybe we've completely turned our backs on it. That's okay. During Lent, we are all on the road to Jerusalem, walking in the reality of our lives toward that horizon. Some of us are hopeful and happy, but many of us are tired and sad, hopeless or grieving. But we all walk with what we have and at the pace that we can manage. The important part is that we walk together and that we remember that Jesus goes before us, carrying the cross that will be his death and our new life. That horizon never disappears. Resurrection is always there.
In the second part of today's gospel, Jesus tells the disciples and all of us that to follow him is to change our perception of what life is actually about. He says, deny yourself. Deny your own expectations and assumptions about the way the world works. Your self-absorbed longings, your fears of mortality, your preoccupation with things that don't really matter, your lack of compassion for others, your preoccupations with stuff, prestige, status. He says, deny those things, shed those things, and take up real life, real life. Take up the cross of real life, your created, finite human life, which is a life of risk, a life of love. He says, embrace a life in which your heart will break in grief at the death of friends and family. A heart which will explode with love at the birth of a child. A life that can actually face death because I am with you. Jesus says, I am here in all of it with you and I know how painful it can be because I experienced the pain and the suffering of loss and grief and abandonment and death. And because of that, I know that it is too much for anyone to bear alone. So I came to share it and bear it with you. Take up that life in me and follow me, for that is the true human condition. You are part of me and I am in you. Your life is with me now and for all eternity. My friends, that is Jesus' invitation as we walk toward the cross. Amen.